And I think one of the things that's really great about habits is generally speaking, once you have established a habit, it doesn't draw from your sort of self-control reserves. It just becomes almost automated. And so as humans, there's a limited amount of self-control that we have in a given day. There's a limited amount of good decision-making and self-denial that we can, that we can navigate in, in, a, in a given day. But once you have a habit solidified, you're not struggling with temptation. You're not having to talk yourself into it or out of it. And so I'm extremely fortunate that, you know, even though things have been really hard uh, for all of us for the last several months, like I have still stuck to my morning habits and my morning routine, like 97% of the time this whole time, because my body, my body and brain literally feel weird if I don't do these things. And I think it's worth saying like, I am not special. I'm not some sort of like super human with huge amounts of self-control. This is just like a physiological, neurological thing that anyone can do. You can train your brain. You can create muscle memory to do these things so that eventually your body and your brain will make these choices for you in the morning or the evening or at the end of the workday. And then you can free up your brain for other things. We're surrounded with the message that entrepreneurship is the hard life, the stressful life, the burnout, hustling and pushing is par for the cause. And while scaling a business isn't without its challenges, I am passionate about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow doing what we love. I'm on a mission to not only help you scale your impact and your income, but also also to support you in running your business in a way that allows you to reclaim time back to spend with the people that you care about most. Join me for interviews, trainings and musings on sales and marketing and mindset because I'm a firm believer that our businesses grow at the same rate that we do. I'm your host Naomi Powell, wife, mother, speaker and business coach and this is the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Sarah, welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited to have this conversation. Sarah and I were just talking before we started recording and especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, I just felt like this was such an important conversation to have because I feel like the blessing in all of this is that it's given so many of us a moment to really reflect on our lives and question all of the things that, you know, mm-hmm. hashtag all of the things that we were doing before. Was that really supporting us? Was that really serving us? Were we making it seem like we did not have a choice when in actual fact it may be difficult, but we did have a choice the whole time. Like, do we actually want to go back to business as usual? And what I love so much about Sarah's work, and you are going to see her magnificence on today's episode, is that she is so great at diving into habits and building what I often call here on the podcast, like a curriculum for success that really supports us living like rich lives, right? Rich dynamic lives and doing meaningful work. So Sarah, I'm just so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I love nerding out about all this (laughs) stuff. And I think especially, you know, during this time, maintaining the good habits or, or building a few new ones is, is so important. It will go so far to helping anyone navigate this incredibly hard time in a way that feels a little bit better and a little bit more sustainable. 
That's a really great jumping off point because before we started recording, you were saying that actually having built the muscle of establishing these supportive habits and routines has actually served you right yeah. now navigating oh my gosh. and uncertainty. So that's a great place to start. Do you want to just talk a yeah. little bit about that? Absolutely. So I have been, I've been officially teaching about habits for a few years now, but prior to that, you know, sort of in my own personal life, it's something that I read a lot about and thought a lot about and had been implementing. And I think one of the things that's really great about habits is generally speaking, once you have established a habit, it doesn't draw from your sort of self-control reserves. It just becomes almost automated. And so as humans, there's a limited amount of self-control that we have in a given day. There's a limited amount of good decision-making and self-denial that we can, that we can navigate in, in, a, in a given day. But once you have a habit solidified, you're not struggling with temptation. You're not having to talk yourself into it or out of it. And so I'm extremely fortunate that, you know, even though things have been really hard uh, for all of us for the last several months, like I have still stuck to my morning habits and my morning routine, like 97% of the time this whole time, because my body, my body and brain literally feel weird if I don't do these things. And I think it's worth saying, like, I am not special. I'm not some sort of like, super human with huge amounts of self-control this is just like a physiological neurological thing that anyone can do you can train your brain you can create muscle memory to do these things so that eventually your body and your brain will make these choices for you in the morning or the evening or at the end of the workday, and then you can free up your brain for other things 100 percent and I guess we, we hear, especially as entrepreneurs, we hear about habits and a lot and about being consistent mm -hmm. and doing all of this stuff. But what I really mm -hmm. love about the work that you do is that you don't just race into, here are all of the list of new habits and things that you can yeah. be doing. The, 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 you really lay the foundation in inviting people to think like, mm -hmm. habits serve a purpose. So let's look at some of the bad habits right now from yeah. a place of neutrality. Why mm -hmm. have you clung onto this habit? What is it providing oh you my with? Gosh, Can you kind yes. of just walk us through yes. what that process starts like? Yeah. Well, so first I think it, everything in any amount of change that you ever want to do starts with acknowledging, I acknowledge this is no longer serving me and I'm interested in changing it because we all have bad habits that for whatever reason, we're not interested in changing right now. And that's totally fine. Um, but it starts with acknowledging, this is no longer serving me. I want to change it. And something that I think is really important to understand and give yourself, you know, grace around is that that habit served you at some point. Like at some point, for some reason, that was a self-soothing technique that was effective. Or like, like let's say, for example, you were a shy teenager, you moved to a new city to go to college, and you were nervous about making friends. And so one of the ways that you navigated social situations was by eating out constantly, because that sort of helped you, you know, it was what people, that's how people got together. And it, it, it made social uh, interactions um, feel easier. Um, but now you're like 35, you're socially confident, 
um, and you have plenty of friends, but you're still eating out or ordering in constantly. And it's no longer about helping you sort of grease the wheel socially. It's just become a habit that's not really bringing you any joy. It's costing you tons of money. And if you're doing it during a pandemic and you're actually going into restaurants, it's probably really unsafe. But like actually understanding like, oh, this was a thing that served me at some point. And sort of like giving grace to yourself and understanding this is not just some weird thing that I'm doing that's existing in a vacuum. Like at some point, this thing had a purpose and not beating yourself up for continuing to do this thing. And the other thing that I think is really important to remember is that every behavior is a need trying to be met. Every single behavior is a need trying to be met. So if I, I do a lot of work with money with people. So let's say that you work in a coffee shop and everybody in that coffee shop is using a Mac and you do not have a Mac uh, and you find yourself wanting to buy a Mac, even though you don't need one, the behavior is buying the Mac and the need that you're trying to meet is belonging. Or sometimes it's as easy as um, I'm bored. And so you are over Netflixing, over scrolling, over drinking, over shopping because you're bored. So you're engaging these behaviors to meet the need of boredom, to distract yourself. And again, this is every single human in the world does. <laughs> you, you don't need to, feel, it's a human reaction. It's, it's a normal thing that everybody does. And I think if you can approach your behaviors through this lens of curiosity, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why do I keep eating the whole bag of pizza rolls even though it gives me heartburn? Or like, why did I just buy seven throw pillows off Amazon when I have too many throw pillows? <laughs> you know, like, what is the... This need that, yes, yes. Like, so what is the behavior that you're trying to... What is the need that you're trying to meet by engaging in that behavior? And if you can examine that with curiosity instead of judgment or shame, it's a lot easier to get to the root of that behavior and then change it. Oh, that's so true. And... Honestly, guys, like this piece that Sarah teaches is is has been such a game changer for me because I think, yeah, we we often don't want to sit in the discomfort of like mm-hmm. having to be like deeply honest with ourselves. Yeah. About why? Why it's why we've been it's been hard to beat it. And I feel like especially with entrepreneurship, again, this is where the beauty comes from, because these things are coming up to come out. What we resist mm-hmm. persists. And I yes. want to just use myself as a guinea pig just to give you guys some tangible examples of how some of this has shown up in my business. And Sarah, I'd love to hear afterwards what how this has looked like as you've kind of grown your oh, business. Oh, sure. Yeah. So like for me, one of the things was I would constantly be, um, every time I'd get a Slack message from a client, every time I get a Voxer message or an email, I'd feel the need to just respond. It could be like 10 o'clock at night. It could be like, I'm mm-hmm. in family time. It was like constant and nobody was expecting this of me. Nobody was, yeah. it was literally, it was, it was all me. It was completely self-inflicted. And it was because mm-hmm. I wanted to prove that like, I'm always there. I'm always, it was like mm-hmm. this constant sense of proving. And it was only when I gave myself the opportunity to really sit with that and be like, okay, it's proving again, following it through. What do you feel like you need to prove? And for some of you mm-hmm. listening, it could be when things like this have shown up for you, it's like, because I raised my rates and I needed to prove that it was worth it. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's actually people pleasing tendencies. I want people to think like, oh my God, she goes, bends over backwards. She's nice. She's yeah. this, she's that. Like 
this is the magic. And there's, that's why oftentimes if we just race into setting the new goal, we haven't actually understood the underlying need to be met. None of that matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I would say one of my bad business habits that I've worked really hard to overcome is, um, this sounds weird, but I, I, and I've, I'm like 90% of the way through sort of getting past this, but I'm not hundred percent, but I used to hide in creating new things. Uh, I would abandon projects or I would like launch something once. And then if it didn't go the way I wanted to, I would assume that it was a complete failure and then create something new. Yes. Working on a project. And then when I got to the part where like I had to do the tech implementation or I had to like write the sales page, both of which are unpleasant tasks, then I would um, abandon it and start something new. And now I've noticed, you know, that's an avoidance behavior. It's because I don't want, because it feels vulnerable to self-promote. It feels vulnerable to write sales pages. And it's so much easier to like phone it in and like write a really half-hearted sales page. And then if it doesn't sell well, you can be like, oh, that's because I didn't have time to really write my sales page rather than like you know, mapping out your launch correctly, making sure that you have enough time for everything so you can give it the attention it deserves. And also the other thing is pretty much the first time you run a program, it's basically an awareness raising campaign, which is something everybody knew. Um, So I've gotten much better at, instead of creating 17 different things and very half-heartedly promoting them, having like, these are, I have three things. I talk about habits, I talk about goals. I talk about money. Those are the things that I talk about. I have courses that relate to all of them. I do coaching around them. I do coaching around like creating your courses for your own business. And that's what I do. And so like, I'm not going to be creating eBooks about stuff that are not related to that. (laughs) But I mean, I have to talk. it's so, it's so easy and it feels so much more fun to like, what if I, you know, for I, um, on like a non-business level, I'm very concerned about food waste. Um, and so for, I would do this thing on Instagram stories, and this is just a thing that it doesn't relate to any of my courses or anything, but, um, at the end of the month, I would skip going grocery shopping for a week and I called it a no grocery challenge. And I would show on my Instagram stories, like here is like, here are like the weird leftovers in my fridge. And here's the thing I cooked with it. And that that doesn't, it doesn't relate to any of the work that I do. Like it kind of relates to money stuff, but not really. (laughs) Um, But everybody loved these Instagram stories and they were like, oh my God, like write a cookbook, like write a thing for us. And I did. And like, it's, it's a very good, it's a workbook cookbook. It's great. It's like 74 pages. It's $17. It's wonderful. But the thing is I could have just sort of sat with that and been like, you know what? Like that doesn't relate to any of the work that I do. Like go ahead and want me to create this cookbook. And I cannot, you know, like I could have, what I should have done is been like, Oh, thank you so much. You know what? I'm just going to keep it on stories. Or I could have been like, you know what? Here are like literal professional chefs who have published hardcover cookbooks about recipes that you can, you know, do with food waste. Here's a swipe up link to their, you know, to buy their book. Like, so, but instead of doing that, I like spent a bunch of time and effort and money 
not, I mean, like a bunch of people have bought the book. It's been, you know, financially viable, but I could have, yeah, I could have just been like, Sarah, that's not what we talk about. You don't just because like seven people sent you a DM doesn't mean (laughs) like six weeks creating a workbook for them. And you know, I think the key thing, just as I was reflecting as you were talking is that it's because often we just do the motions. We're so reactive, like Mm-hmm. This happened. So I do this. This person asked me this that oversets my boundary and then I've done it or whatever. Mm-hmm. We just, we just respond. And yeah, it's like in this heightened sense of speed mm-hmm. that we're living in, we don't often take a moment to pause and be like, does this actually feel good? Is this actually conducive to what I'm trying to do? And yeah. just have that intentional time. And just guys, for any of you who are, are thinking now about like some bad habits that, that, you can be tweaking. One of the ways that I am able to explore this again, like Sarah said, without making myself feel bad or shame or whatever is be like, okay, the version of myself that I'm trying to step into, what does she do? What are some of the Mm -hmm. things that she's outside of her comfort zone and she's playing a bigger game and she's being bold and she's taking up space in a way that I'm not doing that now. Mm -hmm. And that really putting it through that lens really helps me see like, what are some of the habits that are stopping me from stepping into that version? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. I want to quickly pause today's episode to invite you to join us in the Grow With Intention membership. This monthly coaching container is the place for online service providers ready to grow their business to the six-figure mark without overwhelm or hustle. The strategies I'm teaching every month in the membership are the exact strategies I've taught hundreds of clients, strategies that have helped countless women break the six-figure mark and beyond. I am collapsing time for you, sharing all the things you need to know to grow your online service business with ease. It's the first time I'm making these strategies available outside my high-level one-on-one and mastermind program. Every month in the membership, you'll get live trainings on topics like sales, marketing, strategic partnerships, and of course, mindset. All the things you need to know to break that next income level. Every month, you will get a live content audit from me, where you'll get feedback on your sales material, social media channels, and your copy. So there will never be a time where you don't know what to say to convert your subscribers and followers into paying clients and customers. Every month, you'll get a live Q&A call where you'll get all of your questions answered, not to mention hot seat coaching and daily support and prompts and accountability in our private Slack channel. If you know that now is your time, that you are ready to cross that next income level and step into that big vision, head to the show description for the link and come and join us. I think I was listening to, if anybody has, listen to the happiness lab which is a really great podcast that comes out of Yale about like evidence-based science around psychology and happiness and I was actually just listening to a podcast about I think they call it psychological distancing about how when we do that when we think about like my future self or even when we literally like think in terms of like saying our name inside of our heads instead of saying like I should go for a run saying Sarah should go for a run Um, It can be an incredibly effective tool because I'm sure we've all had the experience where there's some issue inside of our lives that we just cannot figure out a solution to. 
But when our friends come to us with really complicated issues or our clients come to us with really complicated problems, we can think of a really clever, innovative, supportive, loving solution in like 35 seconds. And if you can get enough distance from it and think about your future self or even think like, Sarah really needs a lot of energy going into this next week because she has a lot on her plate. So she needs to make for sure that she's getting eight hours of sleep. She needs to make for sure she's drinking enough water. She needs to make for sure that she's rescheduling any appointments that are non-vital. Just saying it like that can help you make better decisions rather than thinking like, oh God, I have such a heavy week coming. What am I going to do? 100%. So Sarah, now that we've kind of got that clarity, where do we go from here in terms of establishing what the new habits are going to be? What does that whole process start to roll out? Oh gosh. Well, (laughs) I would say one thing that I, that I always tell people is that you need to make for sure that, so one thing is number one, choose one habit at a time. And I know that this runs counter to like every women's magazine article you read (laughs) January issue. I know it runs counter to like what a lot of, you know, people say on Buzzfeed, but again, like we talked about, the we have a limited amount of self-control and decision-making and self-denial that we can use in a given day. And when you try to change too many habits at once, you are exponentially less likely to succeed, which then is then going to reinforce those narratives of like, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. I'm not good at habits. So choose one habit to start with. Um, and make for sure that it's a habit that you truly want to change, not a habit that you're changing because your partner wants you to, because your parents want you to, because all the cool girls on Instagram are doing it. Okay. But truly a habit that you actually want to change. Um, when in doubt, I think it's always really good to start with what I would call a binary habit. Either you did it or you didn't do it. Because there are some habits, like let's say you're trying to stop um, that, like your your phone habit. You're trying to stop. Um, you know, mindlessly scrolling. But if you have a job in social media, or if you're like us, and being on social media is part of your job, like it's, it's kind of hard to differentiate, okay, when was I on Instagram, because I was responding to comments on my posts, which is part of my job. And when was I on Instagram being mindless, like, it's, it's, there's a lot of gray area in there. So I think it's always easiest to start with binary habits, like, did you get 5,000 steps today or not? Did you drink, you know, eight glasses of water today or not? Did you send a networking email today or not? So start with one habit, make for sure it's something you actually want to do. And best case scenario, it's a binary habit. And I would also say if, if, if there are lots and lots and lots of habits that you're trying to change, the other good thing to start with is what, where can you, what is the biggest pain point in your life? And what is a habit you can change around that? Because Mm -hmm. it's going to have the biggest impact, which is going to make you feel great, which is going to make you keep going. So in general, what I have found for most people, the vast majority of humans do not sleep eight hours, or I should say the vast majority of Americans um, don't sleep eight hours. Um, And I know, especially during COVID, it's really hard because we're all so stressed out, which affects our sleep. But it's really hard to be the person that you want to be if you're not getting enough sleep. And the other thing about changing your sleep habits is it's usually not about like, oh, I'm just going to sleep more. A lot of it is usually like, 
you actually need to build the habit of being off your phone at 9 p.m. every night. Or you need, you need to build the habit of like, I don't use screens after 9 p.m. Or, you know, I get some amount of movement. So you kind of, you might have to work backwards thinking like, what is the thing in my life that is really hard right now? And you might have to work backwards a few steps to figure out, okay, well, what is the habit that I could implement that would affect this. One other thing that I would say, and this sounds sort of counterintuitive, is that for most of us, it's actually easier to build a daily habit than like a three times a week habit. It's when you said that, I was like, it's so true because you're not having to negotiate with your brain every day. Like, am I going to do this? Which takes so much energy. Oh my God. Yes. It's so much easier to be like, like, I love our dog for many reasons. And and one of those reasons is it is non-negotiable that I have to walk her every morning. Like, And when I don't want to, even when I can like come up, oh, I didn't sleep very well or, oh, it's raining. She does not care. She needs to be walked. And also like our life is unpleasant. (laughs) She has not been walked. So it it might be easier to, to choose a small habit that you do every day. It's better to like go for a 20 minute walk seven days a week than to like do three one and a half hour workouts. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. And that was one of the biggest game changers for me is that, and I've done podcast episodes on this, where it's like, we take so much time, we release so much energy in being in indecision. Like, am I all in? Am I not? Like, that in itself becomes so draining. Even with goals, I'm like, I don't care what the goal is, just make one and decide and be all in on that. Yes, yes. And something that I think that people, that, that uh, an epiphany that can be really helpful for people is realizing that like understanding and epiphanies come from taking action, not from doing research. So like, yeah. you're not going to know if this is the right habit for you until you try it. Like researching habit change for three weeks and Googling what habit should I change? <laughs> you know, that that's not going to help you figure it out. Like choosing a habit, trying to change it and realizing like, oh, going to bed earlier is not the problem. You know, my cough, my coffee intake, you know, that uh, drinking coffee until 4 p.m. is the problem. Okay, well, I'm going to like put going to bed early. We're going to change. We're not going to worry about that right now. We're going to work on changing our caffeine consumption habit, but you're not going to figure that out till you tried it. 100%. And that's such a great segue into what I wanted to talk to you about next, Sarah, is that one of the things that I found, especially when I'm creating habits that contribute towards a goal, is to focus, almost set the goal and forget it, and then focus mm-hmm. more about the goal and the habit, if that makes sense. So yes. instead oh, of it, absolutely. So, so for example, just say your monetary goal was X, right? And then you put it down to a habit that I need to do these activities five times, reach out to five people every day. Mm-hmm. I yeah. almost forget about what the goal was. Absolutely. And just like my only job is to be consistent and protect mm-hmm. the habit. And yes. it just takes the pressure off. Cause I feel like with these things, sometimes the goals can feel so insurmountable that yeah. that then affects our follow through on the habit. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't need to, f- stress about that right now yes. because that's none of my business the habit every day and embodying that is my job mm-hmm. absolutely like in habit school I tell people we track our process not our progress because humans we wildly overestimate how much progress we've made after doing something like twice you know you go to the gym twice and you're like well, <laughs> that's my body weight yet 
but that's not how it works. So I tell people like, I want, we have a habit tracking chart, as you know, in habit school. And so like, I just want you to track how often you kept your promise to yourself. Yeah. And if you keep your promise to yourself for every day for three months, you are going to, it is very, very likely that you're going to get where you want to go. And like, it's not magic. Like, it's just the more often you do something, the more often you take steps towards what you want, the more likely it is that you're going to get it. Like, it's just a numbers game. Sarah, how have you, especially in your business, how have you enjoyed the process of being the person that goes for the goal? Because all the habits is, is like, you have to start being the person that enjoys the process of growth, mm -hmm. right? Yes, Otherwise, yes. growth just becomes really toxic and we yeah. have to be able to enjoy the the in-between stage. How have you been yeah, able to absolutely. kind of have a healthier relationship in the middle? Well, I would say a lot of it starts with self-knowledge and understanding what makes you happy, uh, which is something that people, uh, humans are often surprisingly bad at. Um, but I think also... I think it also starts with sort of rejecting the idea that pursuing a goal has to be miserable or that like you're more, you're going to reach your goal faster if you're miserable. Like I'm sure we've all seen those tweets from like Silicon Valley bros who are like, you know, you're not 18 hour days, blah, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, no, like I would rather, like I actually had a conversation with a money coaching client recently um, she's, she was living with her parents to pay off debt and she had paid off. She had gone from having $45,000 worth of debt to $15,000 worth of debt. Wow. But for a variety of reasons, she wanted to move out and get her own place. And so she basically was asking me, you know, is that stupid? Is it stupid that I want to make this choice that's going to make me pay off debt slower but I, you know, she's like 35 and she's been living with her parents who are, you know, they're your parents. Maybe you don't want to live with them when you're 35. <laughs> um, and, and so she basically, she kind of wanted my permission. And I was like, girl, I would rather have you pay off your debt like one year later and enjoy your day-to-day -day life than be miserable and ruin your relationship with your parents so you can pay off your debt earlier. Like, I want you to really, I told her, you know, I really want you to like keep these, keep using these tools that we've talked about, keep doing this stuff, you know, that we've talked about, but it, I think it is better to reach your goal a little bit more slowly in a way that's sustainable and, and enjoyable than to reach it fast and burn yourself out and hate your life in the process. Amen. Because that's the whole point is that Yes. We will never want to do new things. We will never want to go outside of our comfort zone if we associate the pursuit of new things mm. as being hard and as being sacrifice and being all of that kind of stuff. And that's why I feel like I, I love entrepreneurship for that because I think it's, it's such a, a great way to observe yeah. kind of your beliefs and, and where you are. Like, I feel even if I reflect on my journey over this year, I think that's been the biggest game changer of like being okay with being in between and finding mm -hmm. joy from like, I feel like I've been like this onion, just peeling the layers and understanding more about how my brain works and what mm -hmm. triggers me and what's this. And, yes. 
and just always saying like the things that are coming up as I'm pursuing this, as I'm trying to be consistent with these habits, like they're serving me, they're coming up Mm -hmm. so I can deal with it. And I don't, I don't deal with it again because I've allowed myself Mm -hmm. to just be with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the other thing I think about when it comes to like making yourself miserable in pursuit of your goals is that at the risk of being pretty macabre, like nothing is promised. Like, I don't want my client, like, what if she makes herself miserable living with her parents to pay off this debt? And meanwhile, everyone's fighting all the time. And then one of her parents gets sick with COVID and dies and she's ruined her relationships with them. Like nothing's promised. And so if you make your day-to-day life miserable and then something awful happens, which P.S. it happens all day, every day to people all over the world, you know, so then what? So you you know, made six figures, you paid off your debt, you, you know, bought the house, but you've been unhappy for the last two years and now everything, it, you know, and then you lost something that was really important to you. 100%. And that's actually interesting. My clients and I in our mastermind, we were talking about this and I'd love to hear your take on it, but especially as an entrepreneur in the beginning, you know, you're, you're trying to get to that point where your business is self-sustaining and you, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, oh, like I've, I've kind of got this. I can just bring, bring my head up and, you know, mm-hmm. breathe for a moment. So it's kind of easier, I guess, at that point to feel motivated, to be consistent with some of the habits because mm-hmm. we're just chasing this point where like our business is viable. Mm-hmm. One of the things I see come up very often is that once our business does become viable, we're like, oh my God, I can pay my bills. Like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not like frantically afraid anymore. It yeah. becomes hard sometimes to go for yeah. a bigger, bigger goal and become consistent because you're like, like, like that is scary. Always going for new things, stepping out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. is scary but we don't have the kick up the behind that we did before. Like where we are right now feels more safe. How Mm -hmm. have you been able to go back to embodying new habits and doing all of that to facilitate where you want to go? Even when it's not like a life and death, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills at the end of the month scenario. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. Well, I would say, and this is, maybe, I don't know, a hashtag controversial or unusual response, but like I make a very comfortable living that supports my lifestyle, but like I am not necessarily aiming to make seven figures. Like I have an, I have a part-time assistant. It's me. Like I don't have some team of like 12 people or anything. And so honestly, like, and I, and I'm not somebody who particularly buys into like growth at any cost or like bigger is always better. I don't, I mean, like I'm not particularly interested in managing a team. So honestly, what, what I have done when I sort of reached that point in my business where I didn't have to panic anymore is I started pursuing totally not business related goals. You know, like what are, what are countries on my must visit list that I haven't been to? Um, What are, you know, like I really, wanted to learn how to grow a really serious vegetable garden. I wanted to, I was a dancer in high school and I wanted to get back to that. I wanted, I wanted to improve my Spanish. I wanted to buy a beautiful home with a 20% down payment. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And so once I reached the point in my business where I was like, okay, like this is, I'm, I'm happy with this. If, if I just keep earning this amount and like doing this, you know, adjusted for inflation sort of indefinitely, I'm fine with that. 
I just started finding goals outside of my business to be excited about. I love that. And I completely was not expecting you to go there, but again, goes back to like, we don't always have to be in like striving mode. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially with our businesses, I feel like we often forget that the business can facilitate the expansion in our own lives. So yeah, once we've got to the point where our business is self-sustaining, we don't constantly need to be pulling ourselves away from our lives to feed the, the, the business. The business is doing that. It's it's okay now to, to switch our attention and be thinking like, what would this look like in my personal life? Like, what, what do mm-hmm. I want? And it just goes full circle to what we were talking about at the top of the conversation about people having that reflection point now. Because I think there is, in our culture, there's so much on the, the more, the more, the more in the work, mm-hmm. the promotion, the business, the, mm-hmm. you know, the next six-figure launch, the this, the, like yeah. all of that yeah. kind of stuff that you can look and you're like, like now with COVID, I think people are like, I've completely forgotten about my home because I'm out all of the time. Like I actually yeah. hate this place. Like, yes. you know, my friends, like it's so yeah. great that I don't actually have to create an excuse not to go out with them. Like you yes. know, so much that we've like yes. neglected and thinking about in our lives. Yes. confronted yes. with right now. Yes. And the thing is like, I, like, I really love my business. I totally stand behind the work that I do. And I'm so proud of the results it gets for people, but I don't want my business to be the only interesting thing about me. You know, like if I'm at a barbecue, if we ever get to be at barbecues again, and somebody's like, you know, so what's your deal? I don't want my only answer to be like, I'm an online entrepreneur. I teach people, you know, how to spend their time, money, and energy on purpose. And I teach online courses and I'm a, and I coach one-on-one and I want to also be like, oh, I actually like completely landscaped my house myself. And I, you know, (laughs) threw every piece of produce that we have from seed in a greenhouse that I built from like old windows I got off of Craigslist. And then I went to Morocco for a month. And then I went to Mexico because I'm working on Spanish, on my Spanish. Like I want my, I, I think it's really important to diversify our identities and our sources of happiness because it's the only source of happiness you're getting is from your business and the only like empowerment or, you know, feelings of self-esteem are coming from your business. The only happiness you're getting is from your Instagram likes. Like that is a recipe for disaster. And that is a beautiful segue into something really exciting that you have coming up August 15th um, Mm -hmm. that I want you to talk about. And I think it's such a great time for you to be coming out of this for all of the reasons that you just said, but also just part of this whole thing, like 2020 isn't over. This is such a great opportunity that we have to sit down and become really intentional in becoming the architects of our lives. So can you share a little bit about that and how people can continue to follow you and learn from you? Yes. So on August 15th, um, I'm opening enrollment for my course, the Get What You Want Club, which is a live four-week program about goal setting in a way that feels fun and sustainable with accountability and support, which I think is the, the big the big part because all of us know about like, think about what you want, make a list, break it down into small steps. But of course, it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. And also the vast majority of us need somebody who's emailing us regularly. We need to have like group conversations about it. We need accountability, which is what um, get what you want club is about. So you get, there's an online component to it with videos that you watch. You also get weekly emails to 
keep you on the wagon. There's a private Facebook group. There are accountability challenges within the Facebook group that are sort of, uh, I call them terrifyingly effective. Um, Every Monday, I I will ask you a question, something like, you know, like, what's one thing you're doing this week? to take a step towards your goal. And then on Sunday night, I tag everybody who who commented to see if they did it. It's terrifying, but it's totally effective. Um, And then we also have um, two group coaching calls and it's $97. That is insane. Yeah, because I think it's really important to, you know, keep things accessible, especially now. And the other thing that I think that has been really important for me is if anyone listening is familiar with the work of Gretchen Rubin, something that she talks about is um, living in an atmosphere of growth, like feeling like your life is moving forward, which I think especially now, it does not feel for most of us like our lives are moving forward. Like best case scenario, we are keeping our head above water. Yeah. Um, but I think that like finding something that you can work towards and then seeing yourself make progress on that And that could be related to your business. It could be like, my goal is to get 10,000 Instagram subscribers so I can get the swipe up. Or my goal is to, you know, create a new online offering and launch it by this X, but by this date. But it could also be like, my goal is to reconnect with friends from college. My goal is to improve my tennis game because tennis is one of like three, three like sports that we can all safely play these days. Or something where you can see yourself improving. You can see your life improving and your life moving forward in a way that doesn't happen when you're just sort of like treading water or when you're just doing something that you're already good at and you're not really improving on. Oh, I'm so with you, Sarah. How can people learn more about the program, learn more about you? Give us all your links. Well, I would say the best thing to do is follow me on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on stories every day. Um, And right now, while we're recording the podcast, I'm in the process of putting together um, a really good freebie called How to Rescue the Time and Energy to Go After What You Want. Because when I ask people, like, what what is standing between you and going after your goals, by a landslide, people said, I don't have enough time or energy. And because of the work I do with habits, I know all sorts of ways to rescue time and energy and plug those energy holes that we all have. So I will have, by the time this goes live, there will be a lovely, awesome free workbook and audio download for you to sample sort of the kind of stuff I teach, how I teach. Um, yeah. And then the cart will be open on August 15th, $97 for four weeks of live support. <laughs> Amazing. So we'll pop all of the links and Sarah's Instagram. So you can kind of follow along to Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Naomi. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up.